How's everybody doing this morning? Good. All right, so normally I come prepared with like six pages of notes. I've got five pages, but three of them are covered with pictures, so we should be okay. All right. So it's good to be here today. It's good to be filling in for Pastor Reno, and I count it a privilege uh, that he would, he would ask me to fill in while he's gone. Um, many times in the past, you know, there's, I've looked at other preachers he could call upon, and he calls me, and I'm like, well, you're really digging deep in the bench to, to, pull, me, to pull me up to preach, but I count it a blessing. I, I, I'm excited every time I get to. Uh, I get nervous a lot, but, uh, you know, it just depends on. I, I typically teach right now on Sunday mornings, I'd be in the back. The kids are all this, all my audience is this tall, you know, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm used to teaching the, the younger kids, did Teen Thaw, uh, what was last, last weekend, just before, just before Easter, uh, Resurrection Sunday, and uh, had a great time with that, but I'm used to teaching teenagers, I'm used to teaching uh, little, little children, so I, I come in here, I'm, you're all a lot bigger, <laughs> that's a good thing, so, all right, well, thank you again for being here today, uh, how many had a good morning, everybody, a good, easy morning? I did not. <laughs> so I got, I got up this morning. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get to the church early. I'm gonna, so I can run over my message. I can study. I can, I can make sure I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. So I got up early, and I, I, was, I was just going to get dressed, get cleaned up, and then take off. And I said, well, I've got, I've got five kids. So I said, I'll help, I'll help Chanel get them, I'll get them moving so it's a little easier for Chanel because uh, she'd have to bring them in all by herself. So I started getting them moving, and then I just decided, okay, We'll just get ready all together, and we'll leave all at once. It'll be fine. Two hours later, <laughs> uh, we're finally walking out the door. Uh, they, they were having a great time. Uh, we did a, an Easter egg hunt with my wife's side of the family yesterday because uh, we didn't get to do it last week. And so they were all wound up from that and extra candy, and we let them stay up a little bit last night. So they're just wound up. Great. So we're leaving, and, and I'm, I'm frustrated, you know. Uh, I'm like, I'm leaving late, but it's okay. We've still got good time. You know, we get out, we get out to the van, and we all load up, and uh, I start pulling out. That's, this thing feels weird. What's going on? Pull, jump out. Sure enough, back rear tire is flat as can be. Oh, man. Okay. That's fine. God's good. We've still got plenty of time. So we, uh, I, I, I decide, okay, I'll just ask my parents if they can bring in uh, a couple of my kids, and then we'll go jump in the Explorer, and we'll take off. So we hop in the Explorer, and it's dead. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's okay. We, we got the truck, and my parents, we, we can still fit everybody. And then my parents were like, well, we're picking up people to go to church this morning. It's okay, we'll get the Explorer started. So, I mean, we just bump after bump after bump, but you know what? God's still good. We still made it on time. Uh, a lot, you know, the kids, kids have done wonderfully this morning. They're just being kids, enjoying the... Uh, the sun, all the good things that God's provided us with every morning. Uh, and I stop and I think about how, what a blessing it is. Even though one vehicle is out of commission, I can go to the next one or the next. You know? <laughs> um, God's provided so much uh, for us. And, and I, can be, I can choose uh, when, when the negative things happen to get all upset. Um, I was listening to a, a Christian comedian years and years ago about you get the most bent out of shape with your kids on Sunday morning, you know, and he's, you get ready for church. And, and uh, you know, because they, they drag their feet and stuff. But I'm just thankful that uh, no matter what happens, God's going to take care of me. And uh, so I'm, I'm just, 
if you, if you had a good morning, praise the Lord for it. If you had a morning, guess what? You still can praise the Lord in that. So, um, But I'm here, so I made it. All my kids made it. We all made it in one piece. Uh, we did get the Explorer running again, so uh, it's, it's an old, old junky Explorer. So if you look out back, look for the, the ugliest looking car, it's probably mine. So, <laughs> um, so all right, we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to be in 2 Peter this morning, 2 Peter chapter 1. Uh, who's doing the uh, 90-day Bible reading? Who's, who's doing that? You finished? Awesome. So I, I, I counted it all out. We should be at like day 82, I think, technically speaking. So, but anyhow, if you, if you finish, good job. How many, how many are behind? Who's going to be honest with that? Yeah, I'm in the behind category. <laughs> I'm trying to take my three oldest kids in through it too, and uh, we're a little bit behind, but that's okay. Um, the point is just keep plugging along. Uh, but I'm glad you guys are doing that. So we're gonna, we're, if, you're, if you're on time, you shouldn't be quite to Second Peter yet, if you're, if you're following the Bible reading schedule. So, um, but I'm, I'm way behind. So, All right, we're going to be in Second Peter chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verse, down through verse 15 right now. So, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us, the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and through Jesus our Lord. According to the divine power he hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that these that by these ye may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, adding to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity, for these things be in you. For if these things be in you, and abound, they, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Let's pray. Our gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak to my heart this morning. I pray that you would speak through me and I pray that I wouldn't say anything that would be... Um, out of line with what you want conveyed this morning, Lord, and I pray that you'd use me as a vessel. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and that we would, uh, that we would let you have your will and way, that we would be the clay on the potter's wheel, Lord, and that we would be molded and fashioned after your will. I pray that you just help us to be attentive to what you've laid on my heart, and I pray that you'd most of all help me to learn and to grow and that uh, we would leave here changed for you. In your son's holy and precious name, amen. Um, building. I'm, I'm taking this in a direction of building. How many of you have ever built something before? Let's, and let's go with a, like a house or a, a shed or some in construction of some sort. Okay. You, how many of you have ever been involved in that? You've seen it happen. You've, okay. So there's, there's things that have to take place. Okay. You have to start with, what do you have to lay down first? A foundation. You have to have something strong and sturdy to build it on. Um, after you get the foundation up, then you start putting up your walls and 
Uh, in a modern house, you've got to start laying in your electrical and your plumbing and all that type of stuff. And if it's just a shed, just the walls are, are necessary. Um, and then eventually you'll put the roof on and eventually you finish that. And uh, a house that's built properly will stand the test of time. Uh, buildings that are built uh, well and maintained will stand for a long time. Our life, from the moment we're born, our life is being constructed. We're moving forward. And as Christians, from the time of our salvation, our Christian life is then being built and developed. And we should be uh, living our lives for God. Now remember, we have to lay that foundation first and build upon that, and then eventually we finish and we get all the finished work. And then, even though a house is constructed, even though a building is finished, there comes the maintenance. If you fail to maintain that house, if you fail to maintain that building, it will fall into disrepair and eventually uh, fall down. Okay? And so, I want to kind of look at the idea of building our lives and uh, growing as God wants us to. Um, we're promised many things. Uh, we're given many uh, commands and commissions through the Bible, but we're promised so many things uh, in, this, in this life, in the, in, in the one to come next. Okay? But many of those things are conditional in how we live and how we, how we serve God. Um, when it comes down to it, we'll, the Bible says one day we'll cast our crowns at His feet, but what rewards we have to cast upon Him oftentimes is determined by how we live our lives for God. So we're going to be diving into this, and I want to talk about Peter and the examples that Peter gives us throughout his life and in this passage uh, about how we can grow. Okay, Now, Peter's probably one of my favorite Bible characters. Okay, <laughs> um, I, 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 I feel like I'm much more of a Peter in my life. Peter was just an average guy. Um, okay, Peter was a fisherman. Uh, Peter's out fishing one day, and, and Jesus comes along and says, hey, come, come follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Okay? And he was, he was, uh, Peter was a normal guy. Uh, Peter's normal life was shaken up when an exceptional God stepped into it. Okay? Uh, and that's focusing at the beginning. The number one thing that I want to look at, and this is, this is where I, uh, the number one thing, the most important, is laying a foundation. So the foundation of Peter's life started when God got a hold of him. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this out. God didn't get a hold of Peter's life when he first told him uh, to be a fisher of men. God was working in Peter's life uh, through the years that he was an, a, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, I, don't think, uh, I don't think Peter saw Jesus and said, oh, this is it, my life's changed. And, and uh, that, that, There was some of that that took place, but Peter uh, was not religiously elite. He wasn't, you know, well, I, he had a good understanding of the scriptures being uh, where he was from and everything like that, but his life would grow and change and adapt to the point where he would go from being a normal guy to a man who is greatly used of God, okay? So Peter's beginning. If we look at verses one through four, uh, we see at the very beginning, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. He didn't always introduce himself as that. Like I said, at the beginning, he was normal. He was, I say normal. <laughs> he was an average guy. You know, he, would, he, went, 
he went into every day, go to his, his ship, uh, clock in, he would fish, and then uh, you know, when he met his quota for the day, probably, he would come back, he'd, he'd sell those off, and he'd go home and spend that time with his family. He was, how many, how many work a regular job? You go to, you go to work, you, you punch your time clock, you come home, and you punch out, you come home, and, and you live your life. But Peter was like that. Peter would be what we'd call an average, uh, the average person. Now, Peter's foundation was laid. Uh, he, had, he had his earthly foundation. Uh, later on, we'll talk about how Peter, Peter talks about one day he's going to depart. He's going to decease. He's going to uh, die, and he'll leave a testimony. So in your earthly life, you're born. That's your foundation. You're here, obviously. But in Peter's life, uh, he wasn't always an apostle of Jesus Christ. He wasn't always a follower of God. At some point in his life, Peter made the decision that I am going to give everything to Christ. And if comparing Scripture to Scripture, if you look into the Bible, we, we realize that would be the time of salvation. At some point, Peter decided that you know, he needed to trust in Jesus Christ as his Savior. And that is when the Christian foundation starts. That is when your life uh, with God uh, starts. That's when you lay that foundation. Is when you realize that you're a sinner and that you're in need of a Savior. We talked about Resurrection Sunday last week. Uh, Christ died on the cross for our sins. He, he paid that sacrifice, the sacrifice that we couldn't. We can't live perfectly. We can't do all this on our own. We could never earn or merit our way into heaven. Christ paid that for us. And Peter was one of the few disciples uh, that, that was there for the whole time. And he stuck, he stuck with Christ and, and then eventually uh, stuck his foot in his mouth and denied Christ. But he followed along and he saw those things happen. And God would still use him in a great way. But he laid that foundation to serve God. He got saved. Um, was Peter perfect? No, not perfect. But Peter was an average guy. Peter was very much like me. Uh, Peter, uh, many people in this room would probably, probably point to Peter and say, yeah, I'm a lot like Peter. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect, okay? Um, you could compare that to Paul. Paul was not your average Christian. No. <laughs> Paul, even before he was saved, uh, was what I would call a, new, a religious elite. He was, he was conditioned. He was trained from a very young age, he was trained to be uh, uh, religious, to be pious, to, to walk with God in the best way that they understood how. I mean, that was what he was trained to do his entire life. Paul was not like Peter, okay? And many times people will look, oh, you know, and they'll look at Paul and they look at Peter and, they, and, and they'll, they'll compare them at, you know, oh, Pete, Paul's way up here. Peter, Peter's a good Christian, but Paul, oh, and it's not, it's not so much that way. And Paul would, would write in Galatians how, the fruit of the Spirit and how we need, how we need to uh, pull these attributes into our lives. But right here we see many of these same things. Peter talks about adding to our faith, growing. They weren't like this. They were growing together. Paul, in, often, in many cases, had a head start in knowledge but let's not forget, Peter got saved first. Peter had been following longer. And if Peter had been unfaithful to the call of God, 
Paul may not have been influenced the way that he was. Okay, But God, through his infinite grace and mercy, he worked all that out. But I'm just saying, our faithfulness affects those around us. Okay, So Peter's foundation, Peter was a man doing his job, and God called him. God calls us all differently, right? Not everybody in here is called to, to, to pastor a church. Okay? Not everybody in here is called to be a missionary. Okay, but we are called to be Christians. We are called to, be, to bear the name of Christ and to follow through on that. So we see Peter's foundation, but then in the later verses, we see Peter's focus. He wants others to realize that the blessings that we have are not for everyone. Okay? You don't get the promises that Christians have. You don't get those blessings if you're not saved. Those things are conditional. And so Peter, in the beginning, in these first five verses, he lays out a need for the foundation. And in his opening, he says, Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Can't be a servant. You can't be an apostle. You can't be a follower of Jesus Christ if you're not saved. It's laid out. And we can, we can look through the scriptures, and it's laid out how we can know Christ. And Peter, Peter did, he did a lot of things wrong, but still an apostle, still moving forward. But then he says, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Like precious faith. This particular uh, passage he's writing is written to those that are saved. That's his, that's his target demographic. And so a lot of the things that are written herein, you're not going to understand or you may struggle with. Uh, if you're trying to, to live that good Christian life and you're trying to be uh, used by God and you're trying to do the things that are helpful and right, if you don't have the foundation laid down, if you're not saved, it's going to feel like vanity. It's going to feel empty. Uh, you're going to feel like a failure. Um, because the foundation's not right. Um, I, can, I can give you my personal testimony. I can, uh, growing up in church, this church, um, but I didn't get saved till I was in the youth group. I made a profession when I was younger, but it was not the right heart. It was not the right thing. It was my friend Bobby Gall got saved, and I was, I was of the persuasion, anything you can do, I can do better. So, I mean, that's, that was my, that was my um, reasons for getting saved. Not because I was a sinner. I mean, I was, I was a good kid. I grew up in church. I'm one of the Goodmans. We've been here forever, you know. That was my mentality, okay? Uh, but I didn't, that wasn't real in my life. And when I came to a point when I realized, you know what? I've been living all this life for the wrong reasons, and I'm trying to build on a, on a foolish, a fake foundation, and things were not as they should be, and I felt empty, and I came to a point where I realized I'm not saved. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior. I haven't uh, claimed that promise of God. The reason he died on the cross was to save me from my sins. I haven't gotten any of that down. And I remember at teen camp, July, uh, July 23rd, 2003, I, I, I take you back to the place, take you the time. I mean, just the, the, where I was, where I was sitting, um, the preacher preached on hell. I was scared to death because I knew I wasn't saved. Just knew it. But I had been living like I had been. Everybody assumed. Um, and I've told, I've told my testimony time and time again, but 
But the point is, is my foundation, what I had building my life upon, wasn't there. This past week, uh, we've been out. Uh, I've been out with my nephew Braxton. We've been hiding out in our chicken coop in the evening times because uh, we've got rats getting into our chicken coops. Our chicken coop, and they uh, they got in there. We hatched a bunch of chicks, and they ate them. Yeah, it's sad. It's very sad. It's life. It happens. Um, <laughs> okay, but. But we were out there to, to try and uh, fix some of this rat problem we have. We were, uh, it, it spurred me. I was a little upset. Chicks got eight. We were looking forward to that. The kids were pretty attached. And so I decided, you know, now is a good time to go and get uh, another gun to help shoot rats. Um, <laughs> and so we're, we were out there, uh, you know, with, with some BB guns. We had a little to- couple 22s. We were just going to shoot rats if we saw them. That was the plan. Uh, they were hiding from us. But I'm going to point out, one of the reasons why the rats are living underneath my chicken coop is because the foundation is no good. That chicken coop was, was there uh, before we moved to that house. When did we move out to uh, where we're at now, Dad? 92. That building's been sitting there since 1992. Well, before that, but as long as I've been there. Uh, it's sitting on wood skids. The thing's starting to rot. There's things I have to do to maintain this building. One of the things I want to do is eventually uh, dig out what's rotten and clean all that out, and I want to pour a concrete slab. It's much more difficult for a rat to dig through a concrete slab. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, But that's one of the things that I need to do because the building is falling apart at this point, and the foundation has been infested by rats. So if you were to come over to our house and you look out at the chicken coop, the building looks sound. The building looks okay. Now you step inside and it's like, hey, don't step in that spot because it, 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 the floorboards are going to bend and you're, it, depending, you know, if you're an adult, you, your foot might go through, okay? So you step in some spots and the boards are creaking and bending and you're like, ah, not a good idea to stand there. The building looks okay. But the foundation's shot. And because of that, it may one of these days just fall down. Because of that, the rats are coming through and they're causing havoc in the lives of my chickens. Okay? So what Peter is focusing on here, he's talking about our need for a foundation. He's talking about us to look to Christ. Okay? Because Christ, according to the divine power, he hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. You see, God has given us in his book, through our church, through the Christian family that we have, God has given us the tools to handle everyday life, the struggles, the temptations, the trials that we face, but also to help us in our Christian life as we struggle and, and we try to move forward and serve God. He's given us all those tools. Uh, He's given us a guidebook in in His Word. He's given us uh, fellow Christians that can help come alongside us and help encourage us to do what's right. I talked with the teens in depth about this a little bit at uh, Teen Thaw in the week prior. That we are to work together. We're to set an example for one another. We're to live out uh, the, the, the Christian life working together. So we need to look to our Savior because He's provided an example. He's provided us the tools. 
we, all, we also need to uh, show others the way. This isn't directly said right here, but if we look to God, we look to Christ, Christ himself said he's not come to seek uh, those uh, who are saved, but he was come to seek and to save that which was lost. And if we're to live Christ-like, if we're to be a good Christian, to add to that foundation, we need to live Christ-like and to seek those which are lost. So we need to be telling others uh, about God. Uh, this is all right here in this opening statement, if you're, if you're just reading along. Whereby we are given uh, unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, uh, that by these ye may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay? Again, from the foundation, when we're saved, when we know Christ is our Savior, we're provided the way past the corruption, past that second death that you, were, you would find in the book of Romans where, um, for by grace are you saved through faith. Okay? Um, but there's a second death where eternal separation from God, salvation protects us from that. Okay? And we're provided uh, exceedingly precious promises. But with those promises come com commands and commissions and things that we need to follow through. And for sake of time, I'm going to keep moving. But there's so much we can dive into here. But the number one thing, if you want to be an effective Christian, if you want to uh, be a servant of God, if you want God to use you, you have to, number one, you have to look at the beginning. You have to inspect your foundation. Peter was one that would, I, I guarantee, would go back and be like, man, looking at who he was before Christ came into his life. And he probably wasn't that bad of a guy. But looking how God had changed him, how God had worked in him. And if he hadn't met Christ, every, sub, sub, every victory that would come after that wouldn't have happened. Point number two. That was all, that was all introduction, point number one. Point number two, we're going to move forward. Uh, Peter's growth. So we settle the foundation. You've got a good foundation. If you're building the house, that's, that's the key. No foundation, the house, is gonna, the house is gonna fall down. We think about the children's song. Uh, the kids are in the back. I think last week we sang it. The wise man built his house upon a rock. What did the foolish man build his house on? Sand. Uh, if you ever built anything on sand, it's like, it's gonna go away. We were doing a dump run this past week, taking garbage off to the dump. And uh, uh, the, the dump out on Meridian just, just before 176, okay? And we're driving in there. And uh, if you're... If you're driving to the dump, you're, you go on that road, and it's like, <laughs> why? It's built on settling garbage. So uh, you can see all the different patches and all the road work they've done in there, but you still drive. It, it says like 15 miles an hour when you go in. I'm like, but it's faster when you go. It's funner when you go faster. <laughs> okay? It's built on, if you don't have a sure foundation, everything's going to settle. It's not going to sit right. It's, it's, you've, you've done... Uh, you're off to a bad start. Uh, the name of that place is Hidden Valley. So when we pulled in the other day, Braxton, my nephew, he looks at me, he's like, is this where they make ranch dressing? <laughs> Hidden Valley? <laughs> sure, that's right. If you like ranch. <laughs> okay. Um, but the, the, the idea, the sand, uh, the garbage that we could build our life upon or a solid rock in Christ. So if First thing, you've got to make sure you settle down that, that, that foundation. If it's not secure, everything, everything you do past that is going to be futile. 
It's not going to be successful. So Peter's growth. So Peter tells us our need to grow closer to God. So number one, if we, if we look at verse five, okay? And beside this, giving uh, all diligence add to your faith. So your faith, that's, that's, we're looking at the foundation right there. So you got to have the key ingredient, your faith in God, okay? Uh, the ability to, to trust him to move forward, okay? So verse five, add to your faith. Okay, so you got to check the foundation. But it also tells us that we're to diligently add. Many times, and I've been there, where it's just, I'm saved, I'm good. God, I'm, I'm saved, I'm good, I've checked my spiritual ticket, I'm just going to take it easy now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for meeting all my needs. Thank you for doing all this good stuff, but I'm just going to relax now. God, I... I, I know you want me to do, you know, A, B, C, or D, but you know what? I'm just tired. I'm just going just gonna, to, you know, wave my, my spiritual passport to heaven and be like, see, God, I'm good. I'm good. Now let me go sit down and relax. By the way, these chairs up here are very, very comfy. It's dangerous if you're tired. You're sitting up here. It's like, oh, don't fall asleep before you get up to preach. Uh, that won't set a good message. <laughs> um, so check the foundation and then start building diligently. The Bible says we're to diligently add. So, beside giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. We're going to look at these just really quick. I mean, we could spend tons of time here, but virtue, what are we to add? So, we're to add to faith virtue. I was looking at the, I don't normally go and say, well, in the Greek, this means blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't normally do that, but just to look at uh, what these things were. Virtue, I was... In this context, it's giving the sense of manliness or excellentness. Now, that doesn't mean ladies can't have virtue, okay? Just, but the idea is growing, maturing, getting older, getting stronger, excellence, doing things to the best of your ability. It's showing growth. So to add to your faith, you have to show that you're growing. You have to add that virtue. You have to add that level of excellence, not just, God, I'm going to serve you, but eh, kind of, a little bit. No. We're to diligently add virtue and excellence to our service, to do it to the best of our ability. If I was having somebody work on my house, I don't want the guy that's like, eh, I got to put some nails in this wall. <laughs> eh, good enough for government work. I don't want that guy. I want the guy that's going to care about making sure everything's straight and level, and precise. I want the guy that's going to do his best. And God wants the same from us. He wants us to give our best. He wants us to give our first fruits. He wants us to give our all. He doesn't want what's just left over. And it's hard when you're the normal guy, when you're the average Christian, you, you punch your time clock, and God says, okay, it's time to go back to church on a Wednesday night, or it's time to be in church on a, on a Sunday afternoon. And you, you, you came in, and then you, maybe you did a lot of work on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, and you're like, I gotta go back. Oh, but God, I'm tired. But God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. We're to give it our best. And it's hard, and it's, it's, but it's, the point is we have to mature and grow. And uh, It's like as a kid, when they finally came out with the Flintstone vitamins that tasted good. But before that, you know, they would they'd be like, eat your peas. They're good for you. I don't want to eat my peas. I don't like peas. I remember when I was a kid, I, I, I was trying to trick my parents that I ate all my peas. I just shoved them up in my lips. 
so my, and my dad reached over and he poked my lip and the pee shot out and bounced across the table and he almost fell out of his chair laughing. I wasn't maturing, I wasn't exercising growth because I wouldn't eat my peas. I'm not going to get big and strong and, you know, but we have to add it, okay? Next, knowledge. We add to virtue, we add knowledge, okay? Uh, I, I, I get lost sometimes, so according to, add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge. What is knowledge? Understanding, learning. If you're going to add that, there are key things you can do to add to your knowledge. Number one, you got a great rule book right here. Dive into things like the 90-day Bible reading challenge. It's hard. I don't think I can get it done. Try. Get in there. Get in there every day. If you can't do a 90-day Bible reading challenge, make sure you're just trying to be in that word every single day. This is going to help. Coming and listening to the preaching of God's word, getting under. By the way, just being here doesn't help. You got to listen. Uh, my, in the week, I, I, I teach soldiers. Uh, I work with the Transition Assistance Program. We help soldiers that are transitioning out of active duty service uh, back into the civilian sector. And, and I'll, I'll walk into a group and I, and I tell people, your transition is, is, is important to you. You're the one that's going to care about the most. If you want to be successful on the outside, you're going to take every ounce of information you can learn and you're going to apply that. And then I see some guy in the back that's... And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, that's one of my guys. And he comes into my office and uh, what do you want to do when you get out of the army? I don't know. I don't know what I did want to do when I get out of the army. I thought they were just going to hand me a job. Okay. Christian life's the same way. God just doesn't like, hey, you know, you're a great Christian. Here's all these opportunities. No, you have to learn. You have to grow. You have to be able to handle those opportunities. You have to obtain the knowledge. Listening to the preaching. Uh, the, the songs we sing, many of them just packed with doctrine. Okay, uh, there's and, and oftentimes we tune out. Like la 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 la. The kids' songs that we sing in the back, truths. The wise man built his house upon the rock. There's truth in that song. We have to listen. We have to pay attention when God speaks. We have to take it to heart. We have to add to our faith virtue into that virtue. Knowledge, doing it to the best of our ability, diligently. What's next? Temperance. Add to your faith temperance. Okay? And to knowledge, temperance. What's temperance? Self-control. Sometimes I struggle with self-control. I don't need that extra cookie, but I want it. Okay? It's it's kind of that uh, when, when we're trying to live out the Christian life, it's like I don't need this in my life. I don't need that uh but I want it. So we're adding to our knowledge. When you have knowledge, it's going to give you the understanding to know when, hey, this isn't necessary. This isn't helpful. This isn't going to help you grow spiritually and to stay away from that. And the self-control is going to help with that. Adding to your temperance, patience. Patience. Right here, it's talking about enduring, continuing, waiting. Sometimes you have to wait on God. Sometimes you have to press forward even though it's hard. Sometimes you have to endure hardship as a good soldier. Patience. There are times where it's like, oh, I want that done now. Be patient. My son Sterling is learning a lot about patience lately. 
can't get things done right now. Or I'll ask him to do one thing and then I ask him to do another thing. And he has to have, he can't just get them both done at the same time. He has to exercise patience and continuing and, and getting one accomplished than the other. Okay? Next one, godliness. Add to your patience godliness. What's godliness? Behaving Christ-like. Holiness. Uh, when I was looking into the, the Greek words and stuff, it, it gives a, a part of godliness is sharing the gospel. Christ, when he was on this earth, uh, anytime you see him, he's talking to somebody. He's, he's, he's sharing what God had given him the command to do. We add to godliness. So reading on. Verse 7, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. This is looking out for each other, a love for each other as Christians, esteeming others above yourself, taking care of each other, that provoking one another unto love and good works. Okay? We're to look out for each other. We're to be uh, fitly joined, a, a family that's uh, working for the cause of Christ, adding to brotherly kindness, charity. Okay? And to brotherly kindness, charity. In verse 7. Brotherly kindness is, is my devotion and my, uh, my, my ability to love like Christians. Charity comes in and it's, that's me being able to express unconditional love to people who have wronged me, people who aren't saved. It's the ability to move the cause of Christ forward. Selfless love. Um, when, I was looking, when I was looking into the Greek, I don't know, again, but it, it gave this idea of a love feast. A never-ending love. Anybody ever been to the Golden Corral? Come on. I love that place. I need a little, I need a little temperance, a little self-control when I go to the Golden Corral. Uh, do, have they gotten the chocolate fountain back out yet? I don't know if that will ever come back after COVID. I, I, but I remember going there when we lived in Arizona, and I was like, you mean I can put anything through the chocolate fountain? <laughs> I'd walk over there with this huge plate like putting all my stuff and just coating it, get, get a cup and like get it in the cup and just drizzle it all over my food. But the idea, there's a never-ending supply. God's love, when it's channeled properly through us and that charity is expressed, it's a never-ending supply. Somebody does you wrong, it's the ability to stop and say, well, praise the Lord, and I'm going to turn that other cheek. You're compelled to go a mile, I'm going to go two. Because I love you. Okay? These are things we have to add. And that's not an exhaustive list. Peter's just saying, hey, uh, and probably pointing to his own personal life, saying, hey, there was a time I had to learn a little self-control. I had to learn to stop, you know, just piping up and putting my foot in my mouth because God's called me out on that a couple times. There's times I've had to learn uh, knowledge. There's times I had to learn God's telling me this, but I'm not listening. I'm just like, hey, God's awesome, and I'm here. Awesome. Peter was speaking many of these things through his own personal life, things that he's learned. Because there's coming a day when, when your life's going to be inspected. And by the way, it's not uh, God's inspecting your life every single day. He's, he's looking down and he's trying to help you grow and he's trying to uh, help you in the next step. But that inspection often comes from other Christians, the people around you who aren't saved. That inspection is always happening. And you may, you may have everyone fooled. You're like that chicken coop in my backyard. It may look good. 
but your foundation could be faulty. Uh, there was a missionary, they were building, a, they had a new building project. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember their name. But uh, the company that they came to do, they, they put up these, these pillars to support the building. And then one morning they got there early and to save on material costs before anybody was awake to see what they were doing, they packed these, these pillars that were supposed to be filled with concrete and rebar. Rather than doing that, they packed them with paper. And they ramrodded all this paper down just deep enough so it would, when they poured a little bit of concrete over the top, and the inspector comes by and knocks on the top and says, yeah, that's solid. Move along. They finished the building. The day before they were to open that building and have people go in, the, the evening before, the building fell down. But it passed inspection. The foundation was good, but the whole building collapsed because they got things out of order. They said, yeah, we can, we can use paper instead of rebar and concrete, right? That's going to hold. There's an inspection. And God's judging us. He's looking at our lives and he's trying to figure out how we're doing. When you're not adding to your life, when you're not adding to your Christian growth, when you're not adding and seeing that happen, you're becoming stagnant and you're letting, you're not maintaining a building. You're not adding to it. You're not letting it get better. Time does not, just sitting there doesn't help things get better. Many, many times I remember growing up, uh, there was a, an apartment building that they were building just down the road here. And it, they got most of it up. Most of it up. And then it just sat for years and years. And then finally one day they came back to, to continue with this apartment building that they were building. And the next time I drove by, rather than having new piles of lumber and everything like that just to keep going, they had dumpsters. Because they had to go in and they had to pull out all this plywood and all the, all the materials that had been soaked up and destroyed from just sitting and not finished. And you, as a Christian, you could be adding and adding and adding and doing, doing what you need to, but then you're just, ah, God, I'm, I'm tired. I'm just going to take a break. God. And sometimes things creep in and you fall into disrepair. Uh, when I was younger, we have a pump house in our backyard. Now, pump house, you go in, and there's a big opening, and in that opening is a well. Okay? Now, I'd never looked into this opening before. My dad told me it was there, and I was always told to be careful around the well. Um, you know, because we didn't have a dog named Lassie that would come get me if I ever <laughs> fell in. So, anyhow, um, <laughs> I was told to be careful around the well. Well, my mom, and, and through some prodding, they, my dad went and built a, a cover so that if I ever wandered into the pump house, I wouldn't fall in the well. And that was done many, 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 many years ago. Well, was it this summer or last summer? I can't recall. It was recently, <laughs> within the past two years, uh, I was out. And that pump house, I, I, I would, I would liken it to my life. It's just filled with stuff. It was like, hey, we don't have a place for this. Oh, put it in the pump house. That's a great place for it. 
And so we were stacking things up. You know, we had potting soils and stuff because we used it as like a gardening shed. And there was, you know, lawn games. We had croquet and all sorts. But then like tools start getting put in there and, you know, shovels and all this stuff. And I walked in there and I step on that deck platform and it's, it's not good. That's okay. That's okay. What I need is on the other side. It's okay. I can manage. And I stepped on that deck platform and I kind of, Oh, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay away from the middle because it's. I can see the cracks starting to form, and I can see, and and, it, and it, everything's cluttered. And, and and I had gone through before, and I had stacked everything that was on top of this deck, and I moved it all off to the sides, so it wouldn't break through the deck. So I'm I'm kind of working my way over, and, and I got to what I needed, and I pulled it out, and I th- I believe Sterling, you were with me, correct? Yes. So I passed things over to Sterling. I said, hey, uh, set that outside. I forgot what I was going for. And then I saw something, and what I needed was here, and there was a big pile of stuff, and I pulled what I needed, but what I didn't realize was it knocked over a thing of potting soil, which fell in the middle of that deck, and it snapped the deck in half, and someone went falling down. Now, the way I was standing, one leg went straight down, the other one came up, and I'm, I'm slowly sinking into the well, and I'm... I've never seen what's down there. I don't know is it how deep this, I, I'm starting to panic. Said, Sterling, Sterling, go get mom. I don't have a dog named Lassie, but Sterling, you'll have to do. <laughs> go get your mother. I need help. And I'm slowly sinking and grabbing onto things, and I can hear things falling past me, and I can hear thuds, and then I hear drips and splashes, and I'm, I'm panicking. I'm like, I'm going to fall down the well, and I'm going to die. <laughs> Holding on for dear life. And Sterling ran off. A couple minutes pass. <laughs> Things are sinking toward me. He'll come. He's coming. A couple minutes <laughs> pass. Eventually, I got to the idea, he ain't coming back. My son has abandoned me <laughs> to die in this forsaken well. <laughs> and so I... I start grabbing onto things. I got a hold of a shovel, which I could reach over, and I could grab one of the, uh, a part of the, the, the sidewall that was st- sturdy, and I managed to shimmy my way out of the well, and, and, and I, I escaped. But looking at that, okay, I, I, the deck was built years ago, but it wasn't maintained. It wasn't preserved. It, it, it came into disrepair. And if, we, if we're not careful, if we don't stay on top of our lives, our lives will be much like that, that deck over the well opening. By the way, if you go down in that well opening, the well opening's about yay big around. And where I had gone in was right above the opening. And if I had managed to go through, I, I probably would have got caught up because of the way my one leg was stuck up in the air. I probably would have got caught at the well opening, there was a big gap, and then, but there's that chance that I could have. Is it about thirty feet down to the water, twenty feet? My life could have been drastically different after that day. <laughs> okay. What was the first thing I, after that happened? The first thing I did, I went in there, I cleaned out all the junk, I cleaned out all the clutter. And I cleaned it all out, and I went, and I made a brand new deck that fits over that with pressure-treated lumber that's going to last a lot longer. 
But the point is, is when I recognized the problem, when I saw that there was an issue, I immediately said, it's time to fix this. And sometimes we fail in our Christian lives when we see a problem, we see an issue, we see a spot where we're lagging behind or where we shouldn't be in our Christian life. We just, eh, just throw a little bit more clutter on that, a little bit more of the affairs of life, and, and now I can't see it anymore. Life is good, and we prance away. But someday it's going to catch up with you, and you're, you're, you're going to fall down a well. <laughs> so last thing, last point, Peter's testimony. We wrap up in verses, we're going to read on, but verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus, Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Therefore, ye know them, and be established, excuse me, to put you in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Verse 14, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath shown me. Verse 15, Moreover, I will, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. Peter's testimony. Peter's still on the scene. He's writing the book, but he's talking about one day I'm going to be off the scene. I'm not going to be here to hold you accountable. I'm not going to be here to move the cause of Christ forward. I'm not going to be present. My earthly tabernacle will decease. And he says, I'm here to remind you of the truth. By the way, he says, it's the truth that you already know. As a born-again Christian, there are very few times a pastor is going to stand up in the pulpit and preach a message and go, whoa, I didn't see. It's very, very rare that that's ever going to happen. Most of the time, uh, the pastor opens up to a passage, the preacher gets open and he opens up to a passage, says, we're going to read from this, and you say, I've heard this one before. <laughs> okay? Many of these truths we already know, but the pastor gets up here and he's, he's, he's goading you on, he's pushing you to good works, he's compelling you to be a good Christian, and you already know these things. He's like, hey, remember that time when God said that you should be a, a light and a testimony? Yeah. Let's work on that. Remember that time when God put in his word that we should do this? Peter is saying, I'm not going to be negligent in my responsibility as a good Christian to push us along. And anytime I preach, the first person that I'm trying to preach to is myself. I hope just as much that everybody in this room would compel me to be a good Christian. And I hope that I do the same for you, that I compel every person in this room to do our best for Christ. But the point is, is it comes down to this. We have to remember what God's done for us. We have to compel others to live in those truths that they already know. We have to live, a, our, our life's going to end. And there's a testimony to follow. You can go all around this world and there's statues and monuments to people of the past. We were at a, a, a teen um, um, event over at uh, Bethel Baptist. And we were walking along, there's a hallway and we were walking along and they have, they have, 
um, pictures of great preachers from the past. And I was walking with Sterling. I said, oh, and I was telling him, we were looking at these pictures. I was like, this preacher did this, and he preached here, and, and he was used by God in this way. We can look around our auditorium. How, how many of you have ever actually stopped and looked at the pictures on the side about people that have moved forward the cause of Christ, people that risked their lives to translate the scriptures, people that have done uh, and stood, uh, stood up when the world said, don't do that, it's not okay, and they stood up for the cause of Christ. There's examples sitting on the walls right next to you. People that have left a testimony. Peter's testimony will always be remembered that he put God first. When it's all said and done, uh, Peter was martyred in a, in a horrible way, mind you. Peter would meet his end uh, crucified upside down. And he insisted on it being upside down because he didn't feel worthy that he should be crucified right side up in the manner of his Savior. He didn't feel worthy. Um, the bad things about Peter's life will be remembered as well. Uh, he will forever be remembered as the guy that stood when Christ was being crucified and denied him. Many times in the scripture did Peter put his foot in his mouth and he will be remembered for that. Uh, Peter will be remembered as the guy that's walking on water and he looked away from Christ and he saw the waves were, uh, were boisterous and the wind was blowing and he starts to sink and he says, God, help me. And, and Jesus reached out and lifted him up. But he's also going to be remembered as the guy that got out of the boat and walked on water. Our life will contain the good things we've done. It will contain the bad things we've done, the ugly moments, and they will all be reviewed someday. But you will leave a testimony. Last, I'm closing with this, the pictures. Tombstones. There's the old, the old commercials way back when for the pizza. What do you want on your tombstone? You ever seen those ones? Yeah. Um, we leave a grave marker in many cases, what we're known for. And I was looking at some. The, the man's name and everything is on one side of his tombstone. On the back it says, here lies a lazy bum. You finally get to lay in one place and not move at all like you've always wanted. Would you like that on your tombstone? Another one says, uh, Susan Medley. Susan Medley Blanchard, okay? Destined to be a woman with too many cats. On top of the tombstone is a cat, a metal cat, okay? But I'm just saying, being, this, person, this woman was known for her love of cats, okay? Another one, it's a, it's a husband and wife, Okay? And underneath the husband's name, it says, I told you I was sick. <laughs> underneath the wife's side, it says, I was sick of hearing it. <laughs> Forever to be remembered as a couple that would bicker and never get along. You walk by, oh yeah, there's the Ethel and, you know. I'm just saying. If you were, if you were to... to Ask people, what would be on your tombstone? How would your life be remembered? How would your Christian walk be remembered? I've sat in this, in this auditorium for many funerals and how people were remembered. I remember in Arizona helping out at funerals and how they were remembered. Sometimes it was good things. 
I sat at a funeral one time for an elderly gentleman that came in, and we actually had to stop a man from speaking because he came in and just had nothing good to say and just decided, the guy's dead. He's not here to defend himself. Now I can get all this pent-up energy that I've had for the past 86 years out. What, what's it going to say? What, when, you're, when your Christian life is run and that building that Christian building that you've, you know, that you've constructed over your life, when it's all said and done, and there's that plaque to, 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 to symbolize your life, what's it going to read? Faithful Christian? Got saved and gave up? Glad they're gone? Provoked one another unto love and good works? Laid the example? How will your life play out? What are people going to remember you for? So much the more is our theme. We're to serve Christ and so much the more because the day is coming. And looking around the world, it's coming soon. Number one, settle your foundation. Number two, keep building, keep moving forward. And number three, you got to reflect on what people are going to say, what Christ is going to say when you reach heaven. You know, is it the well done, thou good and faithful servant? Reflecting back to number one, or is it depart from me, I never knew you. Now, I feel like I've come, I've come down heavy. This is just, honestly, I've been reading. This is what God's put on my heart. But we need to, as a church, uh, provoke and move forward. The more I serve, the more I realize, the more I need to do. The more I get involved, it's like, wow, God, these things need to be done. Where are you at? How's God working in your heart? How's God provoking you to grow? What's the next step? Because there should always be a next step in your Christian life. There's no, there's no rank system in the Christian life. Like, oh, this is, you know, kernel of the faith, like awesome. And there's, you know, the little kid that just got saved. No, we're all growing. There's no attaining to the perfection. We're moving forward. How are you moving forward? What's the next step? Ask God. If you feel stagnant, if you feel like nothing's moving forward, reach out to God and say, hey, what's my next step? How can I do better? How can I move forward? Let's pray. Our gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, again, I'm so thankful to be in this place where you've planted me to, to grow, to move forward, to grow closer to you, to encourage those around me to be better Christians, to be more Christ-like. And I pray that you'd help us all to see our need to know you as our Savior, but, Lord, to move forward, to grow as good, uh, as good Christians, Lord, to be Christ-like. And I pray that in this time of reflection that we, would, that we would take that to heart and that we would evaluate our lives and that we would make decisions, that we would move forward, Lord, that we would uh, decide to help out in a ministry that we, would, that we would make that next step of faith that we can let you minister in our hearts and that you would mold us and make us and help us to grow more into your image. I pray that you just bless the remainder of this time. In Jesus' name, amen.